Chapter Eight of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Pixie in Trouble. It was already dark when the crocodile passed in at the gates of Holly House on its return from the expedition to town, and Miss Phipps gave instructions that the girls were to go straight to their rooms to dress for the evening. Full dress was the rule for the evenings of term holiday, for even if nothing particular was going on, and no extra guests expected, it gave one a gala feeling to don a light frock and gaze down upon one's very best shoes and stockings before leaving for town in the morning visits had been paid to the box-room to take the rarely used splendours from their wrappings and now they lay stretched out in all their glory on the narrow beds white blue and pink a very wealth of colour and luxury pixie o'shaughnessy having no adornment to do for herself acted as lady's maid to her bedroom with much satisfaction to her mistresses and credit to herself she brushed kate's hair until it was so smooth and flat as to be almost invisible from a front view she tied ethel's sash and the ribbon to match which confined the ends of her curls and she fastened flora's dress which was a matter of difficulty and time for though it was let out regularly each holiday time it invariably grew too tight before it was needed again i can't help it the poor thing protested miserably i don't eat half as much as ethel and she's thin as a stick it's my fate i was born fat and i go on growing fatter and fatter all the time i shall be a fat woman in a show before i am done with it it's hard lines for i should so love to be slim and willowy that's what the heroines are in books and it makes me quite ill every time i read it nothing exciting ever happens to fat people the thin ones get all the fun and excitement and marry the nice man while the poor fatty stays at home and waits upon her hand and foot then she grows into an aunt and takes charge of the nephews and nieces when they have fever or measles or when the parents go abroad for a holiday every one imposes upon her just because she is fat no indeed then it is because she's good-natured look at yourself now you're always laughing declared pixie soothingly hold your breath a single moment while i get the better of this hook ye'll not need to curtsy too low i'm thinking or you'll go off like a cracker and the elegant dress that it is too i remember the night bridgie went to her first ball the hunt ball it was over at ross killie it was me mother's wedding dress that she wore and she looked like a picture in it the darlin me mother was for having it altered to be in the fashion but me father says leave it alone you'll spoil it if ye alter a stitch it's better than fashionable he says it's artistic and fits the child like her own skin so away it was put in bridgie's cupboard and esmeralda comes peeping at it 
and thinks she what yellow lace it would be a disgrace to us all to have the girl dancing about with that dirty stuff round her neck so not a word did she speak but off with the lace and washed it herself with a good hard rub and plenty of blue bag then she ironed it with a morsel of starch to make it stand out and show itself off and stitched it on again as proud as could be it was to be a surprise for bridgie and me dears it was a surprise mother and bridgie screeching at the top of their voices and looking as if the plague was upon us would ye believe it it was just what they liked to have the lace that colour and it was the bad turn esmeralda had done them starching it up like new off it all came and mother found an old lace scarf yellower than the first and pinned it round bridgie's shoulders and she had pearls round her neck and a star in her hair and lord atram danced the first dance with her and told me mother she was the prettiest thing he had seen for a twelvemonth but esmeralda sulked all the evening and it was very lively for me alone at home with her tantrums flora chuckled softly and ethel gave a shrill hee <laughs> from her cubicle at the other end of the room i do think you must be the funniest family you seem always to be doing the most extraordinary things we never have such experiences at home we used to go along quietly and steadily and there is never any hubbub nor excitement you seem to have a constant succession of alarms and adventures we do so said pixie with relish scarcely the day that we're not all rushing about in distraction about something either it's the boys tumbling out of the barn and cutting themselves open or father bringing home accidents from the meat or the ferret getting loose in the drawing-room when there's visitors present or not a pound of fresh meat in the house and the bishop taking it into his head to drive over ten miles to lunch and bridgie was for going out and killing a chicken and engaging him in conversation while it was cooked but mother says no the man's hungry bring lunch in the same as if we were alone and leave the rest to me and when he had asked the blessing she says smiling it's nothing but ham and eggs i've got to offer ye bishop but there's enough welcome for ten courses and the smile of him would have done you good to behold three eggs he ate and half a pig besides and it's the best lunch i've had since i said good-bye to short jackets he said when he was finished now now pixie not so much talking get on with your own dressing you little chatterbox cried kate putting her head round the corner of the curtain and giving a tug to the end of the short black skirt flora can manage now and you have not too much time if you are to catch lottie before she goes out hurry up hurry up pixie retired obediently for kate was head girl of the dormitory and must needs be obeyed so one black frock came off and another went on the stout boots were exchanged for slippers and then the others having already departed she turned down the gas and skipped along to the room where lottie stood waiting for her a vision of spotless white that's right i was just wondering what had become of you sit down here 
and i'll put on the collar and just call out if i stick a pin in you by mistake i'm going to fasten it with this little brooch there isn't it sweet i think i will give it to you to keep i never wear it and you might just as well have it yes i will you shall have it for a term holiday present because you were a kind little girl and didn't join the other girls when they were nasty to me last week are you pleased with it now oh lottie you darlin is it really me very own pixie was fairly breathless with pleasure and excitement and could only exclaim rapturously and gaze at the reflection of the new treasure while lottie smiled well pleased to have given so much pleasure yes she told herself she was really devoted to pixie o'shaughnessy there was something so sweet and taking about the child that it made one feel nice to give her pleasure and she pinned and arranged and tied ribbons with as much zest as if she were arranging her own toilette there now you are done i think you look very nice the collar goes so well with that black dress my word aren't i stylish i just look beautiful cried pixie poking her ugly little face close to the glass and twisting round and round to examine herself in all aspects she kissed lottie effusively expressed a hundred thanks and danced downstairs into the schoolroom where the girls were standing about in twos and threes looking so grand that it was quite difficult to recognize them they all stared at her as the latest arrival and pixie being conscious of their scrutiny held out her arms stiffly on either side and revolved slowly round and round on one heel the girls laughed uproariously at first then suddenly the laughs subsided into twitters and pixie stopping to see what was wrong espied miss phipps and the three governesses standing just inside the doorway watching with the rest and applauding with their hands it was an embarrassing moment and the performer made a quick dash behind a sofa to screen herself from publicity but she had not been there five minutes before she was called upon to answer a question pixie kate tells me you were in lottie's room before you came down was she nearly ready she was miss phipps quite ready only waiting for me she's on a white dress and never mind that i want you to run upstairs please and tell her that the cab is here she must put on her wraps and come down at once i will miss phipps there was a whisk of short black skirts and off she went running lightly upstairs and raising her voice in rich musical cry lottie lottie the real irish voice she ought to be able to sing charmingly when she is older said miss phipps to mademoiselle and mademoiselle nodded her head in assent i hope so it is a great charm for a young girl to sing well and she is not pretty la pauvre petite no yet the father is fine-looking and my friends tell me that the two sisters are quite beauties and all the family wonderfully handsome with this one exception but pixie is better than pretty she is charming would you be kind enough to go to the dining-room to see if everything is ready mademoiselle it is time we began tea mademoiselle departed and came back to give the required signal when the girls 
filed slowly across the hall casting curious glances at lottie as she came downstairs she was wrapped in a long white cloak and had a fleecy shawl thrown over her head almost covering her face from view she looked very dainty and when the door opened and they beheld her step into the cab they felt a rising of envy which could not be entirely removed even by the sight of the luxurious tea spread out on the dining-room table lottie is a lucky creature sighed clara discontentedly she's always going out i wish my people lived near instead of at the other end of england i am glad i am north country though i don't like southerners i agree with tennyson true and firm and tender is the north false and fair and smiling is the south it isn't false it's sweet it is false i tell you false and fair and sweet and fair and ask miss phipps then if you won't believe me oh i say look at the icing on the cake we didn't have icing last time doesn't the table look nice i do think it is sweet of miss phipps to take so much trouble sit by me and we will get hold of pixie and make her tell us stories it makes me laugh just to hear that child talk her brogue doesn't get a bit better i hope it may never pixie here sit by us we've kept a place but pixie shook her head for she had been engaged to flora ever since breakfast and was already seating herself at the other end of the table she did not speak much however during the meal for experience had taught what it had been difficult to express in words that it was not respectful to her teachers to chatter in their presence as she would do with her companions she applied herself instead to the good things that had been provided and ate away steadily until she had sampled the contents of every plate upon the table and could superintend the choice of her companions with the wisdom of experience miss phipps had drawn out a programme of games for the evening's amusement and later on the older pupils took it in turns to play waltzes and polkas while the others danced the teachers joined in with the rest and it was a proud girl who had miss phipps for a partner while mademoiselle was so light and agile that it was like dancing with a feather and fraulein felt like a heavy log lying against one's arm then every one sat down and puffed and panted while jeanie the scotch girl danced a highland fling and when pixie called out an appropriate hoch hoch the teachers laughed as heartily as the girls for be it well understood there are things which are allowed on term holiday which the rashest spirit dare not attempt on working days then two pretty sisters went through the stately figures of a minuet and margaret sang a song in her sweet voice pronouncing the words so distinctly that you really knew what she was singing about which nowadays is a very rare and wonderful accomplishment altogether it was a most festive evening and flora was in the act of remarking complacently we really are a most accomplished school when suddenly the scene changed and an expression of horrified anxiety appeared on every face for mademoiselle came rushing into the room which she had left but a few minutes before and the tears stood in her eyes and her face was scarlet with mingled grief and anger she held in one hand the gold stopper 
of her precious scent-bottle and in the other a number of pieces of broken glass at sight of which a groan of dismay sounded on every hand voila regarde see what i have found i go to my room and the air is full of scent and i turn up the gas and there it is on the dressing-table before my eyes in pieces my bottle that i have kept all these years that was given to me by my friend my dear good friend her voice broke off in a sob and miss phipps came forward to examine the pieces with an expression of real distress but mademoiselle how has it happened you found it on the table you say not on the floor if it had been on the floor you might perhaps have swept it off in leaving the room and not heard the sound against the mat but on the table how could it be broken on the table someone has been touching it and let it drop i be so careless as to break my bottle it is impossible to think of i never come away without a look to see that it is safe i dust my dressing-table myself every morning so that no one shall interfere with my things the servants know that it is so when i come downstairs this evening it was all right i have not been upstairs since i think very few of us have we have been too busy ellen would go in of course to prepare the bed did she yes it was ellen who told me i was in the hall and she came out of the kitchen and said oh mademoiselle do you know your beautiful bottle is broken mademoiselle's voice broke she held out the pieces and exclaimed in broken tones and i ran and i saw this i am sorry i am grieved but we must get to the bottom of this mystery things do not fall over and break by themselves girls do any of you know anything about this if so please speak out at once and don't be afraid to tell the truth if by any chance one of you has unintentionally broken mademoiselle's bottle i know you will be as deeply grieved as she can be herself but the only thing you can do now is to explain and beg her forgiveness carelessness it must have been and you cannot hope to escape altogether without punishment but remember deception is fifty times worse i have no mercy on a girl who knows she is guilty and lets her companions rest under the shadow of suspicion now i ask you again do you know anything at all of the cause of this accident there was a unanimous burst of denial from all parts of the room but different girls took the question in different ways as was natural to the different characters some looked grieved some indignant a few showed suspicions of tears and pixie looked so thoroughly scared and miserable that more than one eye rested curiously upon her miss phipps glanced around with her keen scrutinizing glance then pressed her lips together and said sharply this becomes serious you all deny it very well i must find out the truth for myself call ellen please mademoiselle i am sorry to have such a painful ending to our happy holiday but we cannot go to bed with this cloud hanging over us ellen 
mademoiselle tells me that you found the scent bottle broken when you went into her room just now to turn down the bed ellen straightened herself and fumbled miserably with the corner of her apron she loved all the girls and had known many of them for years for though other maids might come and go ellen like the brook went on for ever she had been a servant in the phipps family and had accompanied her young lady when holly house was bought and the school first founded matron nurse general factotum and refuge in time of trouble it would have been as easy to suspect her of duplicity as miss phipps herself she was wretched now because she feared that her children might be in trouble and her children knew it and loved her for her fear i did miss emily it was lying just where it usually stands with the glass piled up in a little heap it looked then as if someone had arranged it so not as if it had been say blown over by chance it couldn't have blown over miss emily it was too heavy and it wasn't near the window either and the pieces you say were gathered together as if someone had placed them so very well i understand now ellen have any of the other maids been upstairs to your knowledge since mademoiselle left her room at seven o'clock they say they have not miss for i asked them and i've been in the kitchen all the time we were busy clearing away after tea and getting the refreshments ready for supper and then we came and watched the young ladies dance you would have noticed if anyone had gone upstairs i think i should being together all the time they have no work upstairs at this hour i know that but i must speak to them myself later on there is one thing more ellen your work upstairs takes you a good time in passing to and fro you didn't happen to see anyone in or near mademoiselle's room i suppose speak up please remember i rely upon you to do all in your power to help me get to the bottom of this mystery these last words were added in a warning voice for ellen's start of dismay and drawn miserable brows too plainly betrayed the truth of her mistress's surmise i saw when i went up first in the middle of the dancing i was at the end of the passage and i saw little miss o'shaughnessy coming out of a room i couldn't be sure but i thought it was mademoiselle's she had said it and in an instant every eye in the room was riveted upon pixie and every heart sank woefully at the sight of her crimson agitated face it said much for the hold which she had gained upon her companion's affections that at this moment the feeling in every girl's breast was that she would prefer to find the culprit in almost any other girl in the school than in dear loving kind-hearted irish pixie perhaps miss phipps felt the same but it did not become her to show favoritism and her voice was very stern and cold come here pixie please stand before me you've heard what ellen says was it mademoiselle's room out of which you were coming it was miss phipps said pixie with a gulp and a groan of dismay sounded through the room at which miss phipps's eyes sent out a flashing glance silence please leave this to me 
was it you who let the bottle fall and broke it then though you would not acknowledge it when i asked just now pixie's lips moved but she seemed so paralyzed with fear that she had to repeat her words twice over before they could be heard no i didn't break it miss phipps i didn't break it do you mean to say you know nothing about it did you not notice it when you were in the room may i ask what you were doing in that room at all you had no business in there i please miss phipps the gas was down i didn't see anything i asked you pixie what were you doing in that room to the dismay of her companions pixie hung her head and refused to answer and when the question was repeated had no reason to offer but a stammering it was nothing i was doing nothing that is nonsense pixie you would not go upstairs and into a strange room to-night of all nights without a very definite reason i insist upon your telling me what you were doing if it is nothing of which you are ashamed you need surely not hesitate to speak i wasn't doing anything i never touched it said pixie once more and an expression came over her face which was well known to the inhabitants of bally william though so far it was unfamiliar to her companions a dumb obstinate look which promised little satisfaction to the questioner if you refuse to answer me pixie it is your own fault if i suspect you you have been with us only a short time but i have always believed you to be truthful and straightforward i should be sorry to change my opinion but you will have yourself to blame she paused and looked down at the little black figure and her face softened regretfully you need not look so terrified child mademoiselle is naturally very grieved and distressed but you know her well enough to be sure that she would forgive you if you have unintentionally broken her pretty bottle she would be sorry to drive you into telling a falsehood wouldn't you mademoiselle i shall say nothing to her my bottle is gone and it can do no good now but she had no right to touch my things my room is my own and she had no business there at all i thought you were a good girl pixie and remembered what i had said to you i did not think you would grieve me like this i have not so many treasures mademoiselle's tears trickled down afresh and the girls began to look askance at pixie and to feel the first incredulity give place to a horrible doubt why wouldn't she speak why did she look so guilty why need she have been so alarmed at the first mention of the accident if she had no part in bringing it about margaret held out her hand with an involuntary gesture of appeal and pixie seeing it shut her lips more tightly than ever you may go to your room pixie said miss phipps coldly i am very much disappointed in you End of chapter 8